Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I like for, if there's a child sitting next to you or near you, would you please just reach out your arm and put your hand on their shoulder? We want to bless our kids. Uh, pray for, for Rhonda. She's not doing well. I want to thank her for her competent ministry uh, last week. I, I know what she's got. I knew what she was going to be preaching, and I was excited about that. And I also knew that uh, while I was gone, she was sick, and um, she wasn't feeling well. When I was talking on her phone, she had a, a baritone voice, you know. And I don't know if you caught that or not, but God bless her for, for doing what she did. So, kids, uh, Miss Rhonda isn't here today, but we are, and we want to bless you. You ready to pray? Let's bless these kids. Father, in Jesus' name, we recognize and declare that these kids are the head and not the tail. These kids, Father, are, are difference makers and not victims. God, I pray that your purpose, your will, would be fulfilled in their lives. That, God, when they grow up, and even now, they'll begin to make a difference where they are. So, Lord Jesus, we speak every promise that you have promised them into their lives. And we pray, God, that the enemy will not have reign in their lives. I pray, God, that they won't have to stumble through life until they find themselves. That they realize who they are right now is your child. So, Abba, Father, touch them, protect them, set your angels around them, Lord God. And I pray that every good promise you spoke will take place and may no weapon that the enemy ever tries to come against them with ever prosper as your word declares. We thank you, Father, for them, and we ask God that you would help us to be faithful in our leadership with them and our parenting. In Jesus' name, God's children said, Amen. Kiddos, we love you very much, and we believe in you. We do. We think you're awesome. Here comes one right now. Hey, Coop. <laughs> God bless you, buddy. All right. I've changed my message today. Um, I was going to complete the, the series on God's choice, um, the, the, the qualified, a uh, description of the qualified. I'm going to finish that next week. And in light of the circumstances that happened this week, these were big things that happened this week. I think it is important that a spiritual leader to address this. And many movements have addressed it. And one of the things that bother me so much is there seems to be a difference of opinion in, in, the, in the church about this issue when there really shouldn't be. And I want to simply and hopefully hopefully encourage you in some things. And I will remind you that God has not changed. And I want to remind you also, there is some disgust in many of us and there's some anger and disappointment in us. I was, I was driving around and I was, I was thinking about these things that came up and what happened and how gravely disappointed that I was, that we've come so far away, we've drifted so far from God that we would dare do something like what we did this past week. And when I was discouraged and you know, was saying, I, I, it, it's difficult for me to be proud of those stars and stripes, I mean, because of what we've done. And that's not the only thing that we've done. And then I heard old Ray Charles sing America the Beautiful, and, and I just became a, a, a blubbering American all over again. God has not left us, church. He loves us dearly. And as I mentioned in my prayer this morning, we are the remnant. And so I, I, I want to deal 
with some issues today. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you away from religion. And I want to encourage you toward relationship. Now, there is a difference. You can be religious about anything. When people say, are you religious? I'll say, hmm. You know, that's not what my my life is built on, is religion. My my life is built on a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because religion is not going to take you very far. Religion is going to lead you to where America has ended up right now. But relationship is a different story. It's a different game. It's a different realm where we know our, our, our Savior. What is that? I, I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able, this hymn that we, we often sing. We need to be familiar with God, not just historically, but we need to know who he is. So if we know who he is, we know how he thinks. We know his opinion on issues. We don't have to stop and say, I don't know, is this a sin? What do you think? Should I be doing this? I never, ever had to do that about my dad or my mom. Never did I have to say, well... If I don't call and I just go off for six more hours, I wonder if that would bother mom and dad. I knew better because I knew them. You see, I have a relationship with my parents. If I had religion with my parents, then I'd go off and do whatever I wanted to do and I'd make myself happy. There is a difference. And unfortunately, from these, these rulings we had this past week, it is obvious that we have been working on religion and not relationship with God. America's problems did not begin with Doma last week, this Supreme Court ruling. God-fearing America has lost its identity. We don't know who we are. We don't know who to really follow. I've been talking about the fact in this sermon series how that God has told us who we are. We are his children. We are kings and priests with him. We come to church service. We don't come here to approve or disapprove. We don't come here to say, I want this, I don't want that, I like this, I don't like that. We come here to minister before his presence. How many remember that this is his house? Amen? This is not your house. Never has been. This is the Lord's house. So when we come as ministers, we come to minister before his presence. I'm on a platform looking at you in an audience. But the truth is, we are all ministering before God who is the true audience. So when we leave here today, who's going to be pleased? It needs to be the Lord God. If I don't like this or I don't like that or I'm uncomfortable with this, it just doesn't matter. Because God is the audience. You see, we have lost our identity as who we are. Not only as Americans, but as the church. Churches become glorified clubs all across our country. And America has lost their identity. And God has told us who we were. But the enemy has come back and said, no, no, it's not really that way. Let me tell you who you really are. You see, this is your church. You see, this is this and that. And you are really this and that. And you really hope you're going to go to heaven. You're not really sure. The devil has successfully deceived not only Americans, but the church in its true identity. And this is what has caused us to be where we are today. I wish I could say, well, this is a one-time occurrence that happened in the Supreme Court. We need to kick them out. Let's fix this. All they're doing is manifesting who we've been for decades. 
a selfish, stubborn, hard-hearted generation. America leads the world in the distribution of pornography. Los Angeles, California is the hub of degradation to this world. Are there Christians there? Are there ministries there? Oh, absolutely. There is a remnant there. But we have led the Muslims and their disgust with us. I, I, I have to agree with their disgust with what we're doing in the world. There are reasons that they call us the great Satan. Because of what continually bellows out of our, of our borders. This is a sin that we need to repent of. This is something that we need to be on our knees asking God to forgive America for this. This is the reason we need young people like Matthew and Trey to take a stand for God in their schools. This is why we need to do more than just get by and live and make it till tomorrow. You were born to make a difference. You're born to be an, an agent and an object of change. Not somebody just says, well, I just hope the world treats me okay. I'm going to do the best I can. No, that's weak and impotent. We need to be people that are, that are our firebrand of God's righteousness and His power and giving His message in His word. His helmet, you didn't see what I saw. I don't know who put it on there, but you got a bullseye right on the top of that thing. Is that, did I see that right? I don't know why you put it on there, but I thought, man, that's, that's, God's, that's God's mark there. When you put that helmet on, he says, I'm going to get well right there, man. Pow. We need to be people that want to hear God speaking to us. I told the kids at camp uh, two weeks ago, I told them, I said, listen, on Thursday night when we're sitting down in that darkness at, at the cross chapel, and you look at those stars and hear that fire crackle, I want you to listen because God wants to have an encounter with you. God wants to speak to you, and I want you to ask God, God, speak, I'm listening. I want to have an encounter, a personal encounter with you tonight. You know, one of the kids came at me after camp, and they, after that night, they walked up and they said, Brother David, I said, yeah. He said, God called me by my first name. <laughs> that thrilled me. I said, he does me too. Because God not only knows your name, he knows the hairs on your head. He's very acquainted with you. And when you begin to stop and listen, he will call you. He will speak to your heart because he knows you very, very well. And he wants to use you to make a difference in this world. America kills over a million infants in their mother's wombs every year. To our shame, the state of Texas, this Wendy lady, this senator in the Texas legislature, making a stand for late-term abortions and filibustering. One of Hillary Clinton's aides, a liberal lady, made a statement recently. She said, what has, the, what has our party come to when that our champion is someone that takes a stand for late-term abortions? Abortions. This was one of Hillary Clinton's uh, personal assistants making this statement. When even inside certain political parties, there are people that are astonished at what's happening. This is to our shame. And this, this is where God looks and he says, I'm looking for a man to stand between me and the nation. To stand between my justice and my judgment. He's looking for a praying remnant church to say, God, have mercy upon us. We don't all think that way. We disagree with these stands. And God, we want you to have mercy upon us. We'll come around, God. Please have patience with us. And that's what the church does. That's what individuals do one at a time. 
We ask God to forgive us of our sins. Marriage in America is no longer seen as a prerequisite before sexual relations. Now, these things that I listed were not the case when I was Trey's age. These things were not the case when I was a young man and a child. If I'd have heard a preacher saying this back then, I would have been stunned. But we have slipped so far. And the reason we've slipped so far is because our religion, not our relationships, we have traded in our identity of relationship for something called religion. The church in America today is afraid to oppose perversion. You notice I didn't say homosexuality. I said perversion because that's exactly what it is. It's what God calls it. And you know what? God hasn't changed. He hasn't changed his mind. I, like you, was was disgusted about some of these issues coming up. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. He said this. He said, David, you, you need to pray for them. They don't need your disgust. They need your prayers because they've got to face me. I saw some of these people cheering and woohoo! And I thought that smile's going to be wiped off their face when they meet and face a just and a righteous God. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. We need to pray for these folks. But for the grace of God, there would we, we be. And if we have sins in our lives that we are unrepentant of, I'm going to tell you something. We're in just as grave danger as they are. Many are, sins of, are the sins of America. It's not just those issues. And if you need to know this, I want to tell you. Leviticus chapter 18 verses 20 through through 24 speak. I don't have it back there for you, Jesse. Don't worry about it. But I want you to write this down. Leviticus chapter 18 verses 22 through 24. And if you want to see a list of the sexual sins that God has declared on Mount Sinai, it's in Leviticus chapter 18. And I want you to know, I don't care what seminarian, what theologian comes and tries to explain this stuff away. It's ridiculous. Rhonda told me the other day, she said, David, they're going to find a gene. I said, they can find whatever they want to, but it's not going to be true. It's not going to be right. They're doing their best to try to erase what God has said. One of the things that attracted me to the unity of the brethren, one of the things that, that I thought, you know what, I can deal with this, even though it's very different from my background and my racing and my heritage. One thing we have in common that, that is solid as the rock of Gibraltar is this what I'm holding right now. The unity of the brethren believes that the word of God is wholly true. We are fundamentalists. We believe God's word first. Let God be true and every man a liar. Friend, I'm going to tell you something. Do not be deceived. Do not be fooled. Stand on God's word. The sexual sins are listed in Leviticus 18. But specifically... It says this, Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Keep your ears open, church. Keep your eyes and your ears open of the the things that are to follow this ruling. Neither shall any woman stand before beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Defile not ye yourselves in any of these things, for in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. God have mercy upon us. And if you are the type of person that doesn't believe in the whole counsel of God, that it has to be in the New Testament, Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. You got that, buddy? Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. 
They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. Because of this, God gave them over to shameful lusts. Even their women exchanged natural sexual relations for unnatural ones. In the same way, the men also abandoned natural relations with women and were inflamed with lust for one another. Men committed shameful acts with other men and received in themselves the due penalty for their error. This is Paul speaking to the church. Furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, this is the issue. They no longer believe that God's word is true. This is the danger of reasoning away what God has clearly said. So God gave them over to a depraved mind so that they do not what ought not so they do what not ought to be done. Friend, I have a a cartoon. I was going to put it up, but I, I decided not to do it because I, it just was disgusting. There's a cartoon in USA Today this week that had Lady Liberty. Anybody see this? And 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 Lady Justice holding each other in a lesbian kiss and an embrace over this ruling that happened. It is alarming what we're seeing. You say, well, Brother David, what's the thing about, about the homosexual sins and stuff? The problem that I have with that more than anything else is that they're saying that it's not a sin. They're trying to redefine God's word. There aren't anybody marching. There's no one marching on Washington saying liar's rights, liar pride, liar pride, adultery pride. They're not doing that. They're not only committing these sins, but they are reveling in them and challenging God's spoken law and his word. May God forgive us of these sins. And finally, we become a nation of liars. We lie in every aspect of, 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 our, of our lives, just about. Sports. How many times have you seen you know, people trying to get away with, with, with rules in the sports? And you say, well, that, that, isn't that minor? It's a lifestyle. And it reflects all through your life. Where kids are taught... From little league up to try to hide the fact that they trapped the ball or whether they caught the ball. The honesty is gone. There's cheating even in golf. <laughs> We're lying everywhere in sports, in politics. Do I need to go there? There's so many people that don't trust any politicians. Even someone that, that, that may be a guy that quit his job and he's going into politics, you automatically become... A liar because you're acquainted with the culture of Washington, D.C. in Austin, Texas. In business, oh, we're lying in business. We're cheating. We're misrepresenting things. We're hiding things. We become a nation that is comfortable with lying. These are sins that have been brought about because we no longer relish in a relationship, but we claim religion with God. The church is responsible for our nation's decline. And if it's our fault, if it's our responsibility, then we're not victims. Then we have the power to reverse that trend. We have the power to change this. And I'm calling each and every one of you, as Brother, as, as, as Brother Curtis was challenging us, listen to God. Take a stand for God. And I think you begin right here. If you can do it up here, if you can stand in front of godly people and say good things about the Lord, then it will give you courage and might and power to say it where it's not wholly welcome and encouraged. 
Begin to learn to give your testimony. The world doesn't need a quiet little Christian going around not saying, I don't want to get too controversial. The world doesn't need that. And people that are making a stand for God, they're not the problem with America. Righteousness is not America's problem. Discipline in the home is not America's problem. Let's go to the Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. You can find these in Exodus 20, just so you'll know. These Ten Commandments. You shall not have any other God before the Lord God. That includes yourself. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. This is one of my big problems that I have with lucky rabbit's foots and all these other kind of nonsense. People, I need to touch this and knock that. These are idols. Believe in God and God only. Don't trust. I love the U.S. military. There's no, no greater supporter for me, but the U.S. military is not the strength of America. God doesn't need a military to protect our country. Amen? Trust and believe in God. He is the force. He is the might and He is the power. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Respect God's name. For the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses or treats Him with contempt. His name. Remember the Sabbath day. By keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's to remember the Lord and to rest. Take a day of rest. Remember that day. Honor your father. Kids, kids, kids. Young people, listen to me. If you want to live long, if you want to be prosperous, if you want God's blessing on your life, do not treat your parents with contempt. If you have slammed the door in the face of your parents or your guardians in the recent months or weeks, you need to go back to them and repent and apologize. Because that is disrespect and contempt for your mom and dad. And God says... Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Every time I do that camp, I tell these kids, you need to respect your mom and dad because this is right. They're not right about everything, but they're worthy of honor and respect. Amen. You shall not murder. God forgive America. Over a million, over a million innocents every year we kill. Number seven. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit adultery. Number eight, you shall not steal. These are things America has forgotten. Number nine, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. It's incredible how that you can lie to each other, you can lie to God, but boy, if you lie to the United States Congress... Oh, you're going down, buddy. Friend, I'm more concerned about God than I am any other entity in this world. You shall not give false testimony. King James says, do not bear false witness against your neighbor. And number 10, you shall not covet your neighbor's house or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Be glad for your neighbor. Be glad for those that have things that you don't have. Bless them. God bless them. But don't take God's blessings that He's given you and, 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 and revile them and wish you had something that someone else has. These are cornerstone principles that built our country and we have fallen away from them. And now we're writing our own laws. Do I pray for the Supreme Court? Yes. Do I? Am I glad for the government of America how that it was founded? Yes. We have strayed from it. The Supreme Court, 
has lost so much credibility with this guy because they have strayed from what God says. And now what's most important is what they say. The Bible tells us that he laughs. God laughs at the counsels of men. They come up with their own things. They devise things. And they say, this is the way it's going to be. And God in heaven laughs at their counsels. You need to see this whole picture from the throne room of God. And when you do, when you do, you begin to say, God, have mercy upon America. God, have mercy upon the country of our fathers. And please forgive us. Now, very quickly, what you can do. Ron always tells me, tell, him, tell us how to turn the tide, David. <laughs> Don't just tell us what's wrong. Tell us what to do. Number one, moms and dads, raise your children right. <laughs> raise them right. Do your best. Don't just, uh, that's what I feel comfortable with. Know what God says. The Bible says we're to raise them in the nurture and the admonition. Admonition means the warnings of God. Raise them in God's nurture. Fill in them with the, the truths of God, the principles of God. Give them what somebody gave you. That's all. If you'll just return that heritage, that godly heritage you have, invest that in those children. Well, this is a different time, Brother David. That's old-fashioned. God never has and never will be old-fashioned. People can say that about him. They can do whatever they want. And God laughs at those comments. Friend, we're the ones that's messed up, not God. Raise your children in the nurture and the admission. You know what I've done? I'm not Billy Graham. I'm not some big shot, biggie dude or something. But what I can do is, I've got three boys. I've got three boys. And since they were infants, Ron and I said, you know what? We may not be able to do a whole lot. But we're going to do our best to raise three powerhouses and we're going to unleash them into this world. And I, I, I'm praying. We pray for them. What, what, what are you going to do today? Make Jesus happy. Make Jesus happy. Make Jesus happy. We want them. We've got an opportunity with having these children to send them out into a world that needs them. And God will protect them because they will stand for God. Raise your children right. Number two, read and believe your Bible. You'd be shocked at how many people have got these books at home. We've got big, big things in them, but we've never, ever opened them or studied them. Know what this says. This is the answer. Read and believe your Bible. Next, get involved in ministry. Listen, don't wait for someone to come and say, hey, would you help me with this? Create ministry. Don't wait for some... This mission trip that I was on last week, and I've got a vision. I'm going to infuse this in the unity of the brethren. We're going to we're going to do our best to, to build some churches with some younger families, and we're going to involve the young people. Uh, I, we, man, if, if you serve the CIT or you're going to Huss School, this is going to be a qualification for you to go and do a work with a sports camp with a church in a city to begin to reach out to young kids in elementary age and be Christian examples. Teach them about sportsmanship. Teach them about God's word. Man, I mean, create. Your father is called the creator. So take that portion of his personality. Well, Brother David, there's nothing for me to do. No one's asked me to do it. Find something. Create something. Listen to God. He will call you by your first name and he will move on you. And when he moves on you to do something, it's like Jeremiah. Well, you, you're like, there's a fire shut up in my bones. Just try to stop me. Create. That's your father.
And finally, and last of all, oh, no, no, not, not last of all, one more before that. Speak up. Speak up for righteousness. It's not bigotry to speak up for what's right. It's not bigotry to take a stand for God's principles. Whenever I hear that, I'm hearing people say that my heavenly father is a bigot and that is a lie from hell. It's not true. Don't be afraid to take a stand for what's right. And do it in love. Do it with compassion. Do it with maturity. Don't just take a shot at somebody. But do it in love. I've heard people say, well, Brother David, what do you, what do you think about sinners coming to church? Are you kidding? What if it's an adulterer? Bring him on. Bring her on. What if it's a, what if it's a gay person? Bring him on. What if it's somebody who's a, who's got a bad line? Bring them. I hope they line up out the door into the street. That church is full of hypocrites. What's well, the best place for them to be to be changed by the power of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Don't be afraid to speak up for righteousness. If you don't, who's going to say anything? God's counting on you. It's your turn. And this is our time. Now, finally, know God. (laughs) Know God. Not just historically, but relationally. We've got baptism certificates. We've got confirmation certificates. We've got this certificate, that certificate. This, this form, that form. God's not going to ask you for your license. He's not checking your documents. I'm going to tell you what God's looking for. He's looking in your heart. Do you love me? Do you really love me? I know you're identifying with the church, but do you know who I am? Many will say, Lord, Lord. But because they don't know him, he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. What a tragedy. Know God through relationship, not just history. These are some things we can do to turn the tide. Are you, th- are you, are you almost done with your discussion being angry and stuff? Okay. God will give that to you. Okay. Let's get past that now. Let's take action. Let's be the church. Not just as a congregation. But as an individual, did you did you did you sense the passion in Trey? I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> That's the kind of people God uses. Gideon didn't know what he was gonna do either. Trey, how am I gonna take on a million five? How many? Three hundred? You want to choose three hundred? Gideon wasn't sure that he was gonna succeed, but he trusted and he believed who he knew, and that's how you're gonna turn the tide. And I hope you're excited. I hope you're encouraged. I hope this has done something for you because it's what I'm living off of. It's the food I'm eating. And I want to encourage you. You've got the power, especially you moms and dads. Moms and dads, you got kids. Groom them. Raise them in the nurture and admonition. Aunts and uncles, you've got nephews and nieces. Groom them. Grandparents, you've got grandkids. Groom them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And let's turn this thing around. Amen. In the meantime, hit your knees and pray for mercy for these people that are holding God with contempt. That's what the church does. They don't need our disgust. They need the remnant to do what the remnant does. And that's to get him get in between them and God. 
so God's judgment won't be unleashed on this nation. Oh, God have mercy upon us. Will you stand with me and get in the gap? If you will, stand to your feet with me. You know what's next. I want you to say this creed with me and I want you to believe with all of your heart. Are you ready? Repeat with me. Heavenly Father, give me boldness and courage to do what is right in your eyes. My nation has sinned. I ask you to have mercy as we the remnant work to restore righteousness in this land. I've known about you historically for years, but now I want a personal relationship. A relationship that not only will change me, but the world around me. You are my strength and my song and have become my salvation. Please forgive our sins as we pledge to make a difference through your power working in us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Can I, can I go back to camp with you right quick? I get the kids to say yes after I say one, two, three, and they give it really loud. Are you ready? I'm going to say one, two, three, and I want you to give me a good godly yes. One, two, three. Yes. Hallelujah. Man, I feel like i got shorts and a name tag on. Amen. <laughs> Remain standing. Follow on the screen. Let's sing together this concluding song. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Verses 2 and verse 3. Amen. Let's take a stand for Him. Here we go. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Call the 